Hello and welcome back to our non-existent podcast. Um, we are coming live to you sponsored by our Korean corn dog lady who didn't scam us and our $1 McDonald's drinks. I'm Madeline and this is my co-host. I'm Marley. And I am currently teaching 7th and 8th grade language arts at West Valley City School. And I currently teach uh, junior U.S. history and senior government and civics um, at Woodland High School. All right. And um, today we are going to be talking about equity in the classroom and what equity means for us. So first off, we're going to define equity because just want to see what our definitions are. Um, I define equity as, I would define equity as giving each student the resources and tools they need to help them be successful in comparison to equality in the classroom is giving students all the same resources and materials, but there are some students that obviously need more support more tools and everything to help them be successful how would you define equity yeah going off um what you said i would define equity in the classroom as creating an environment where all students feel comfortable voicing opinions having student voice um furthering their knowledge and me as an educator giving them um their their personal needed tools to succeed and to reach those goals. Perfect. I definitely agree. Um, obviously, our schools are very different than one, in one another. Um, and all schools just in general all around the state are different. And so equity in the classroom can be a challenge for some schools depending on their resources and everything. So we're going to talk about some possible obstacles um, for creating equity in the classroom and creating an equitable environment. Um, Some of those being overcrowding um, with large class sizes, decreased funding, and with decreased funding, the socioeconomic factors um, of each school and their background plays a big role, and then teacher burnout. Um, What do you think is one of the biggest obstacles for equity that schools right now are facing? Well, what I've noticed in my school, um, so in my area, the school that I'm currently at um, is kind of known for taking in choice transfers, which are students who apply to be inside of our school district, so they're out of district lines. Um, So uh, since last year, we saw an increase about of about 150 students, and that does not match the amount of staffing that we have. Um, so, for example, behavior has gotten so bad because of COVID, and we had to move a para from being a para to being a security guard because we needed someone to watch cameras and to be security all day long instead of just part-time. Um, so, and we were already hiring for paraeducators, so that took one more para out of the classroom, which need, already had two paras for a reason, and, um, and him, instead of um, working individually with students, he's running security, which is what we needed, but we still can't find paras to fill the vacancies, and so we're seeing a lot of issues with, like, behavior inside the classroom, and Teachers may be needing more help than they're getting, um, and we just have large class sizes, and 
just a lot of things going on that are contributing to this. And like the entire country is facing a staffing shortage. Um, so it's hard to just find people to fill those spots and to do a good job. And I think finding like a good para is really important too, because so often, I mean, they're always, school districts are always hiring for paras. And I feel like so often people just get pushed into that position and they're not really sure quite what they're taking on. And it could be like out of their, you know, realm of headspace and that's fine, but advocating for themselves and stuff like that can sometimes be difficult. Yeah, definitely. So at our school, um, there's a language arts teacher for the fifth and sixth graders and a language arts teacher for the seventh and eighth graders. And we have our paraeducator, Marianne, and then we have our special education teacher. I think her name's Heidi. I've literally only met her once, but she's not even there every day of the week. She's there, I believe, twice a week and only for select hours because she's also at another school because we're in the Spokane Valley, like, also um, experiencing a big shortage right now. And so Marianne is there, but she's, like, our paraeducator for everything. So if we have testing, it's hard to have those accommodations being met for all of the students and making sure they're all getting that individualized instruction they need. And our classes aren't as big, but a lot of students are being pushed into classrooms now. So our class sizes are increasing and it's hard to guarantee that every student is getting that individualized instruction that they need, like our students with IEPs and 504s and trying to schedule out testing is ridiculous making sure that everybody's like getting that um especially for students who need a reader when they're taking tests because what if we have a test um the same time as the fifth and sixth graders and they also need a reader but like we only have a certain amount of teachers and we can't like bring subs in or what if mary ann is sick and who's going to be her sub because she's a paraeducator. She knows all of these students well, and then just bringing in some stranger who doesn't know it. And then students not being comfortable with those people. And it's just a shit show really. (laughs) Yeah. I had to, uh, so the way that, um, our department is set up is our one, uh, there's two government teachers. So me and my mentor teacher teach one. And then the other government teacher teaches another period and we teach them at the same time on the same schedule. So we both test on the same day. Um, So I had to, because of our short staffing, I had to take a group of kids to the library to read each question um, in order to meet their testing accommodations, which was fine, but that would have been a job filled by a paraeducator. And I could have been, you know, in the classroom helping other students on assignments and stuff like that. So it's just like, I think everyone is struggling with the allocate, like the allocation of resources and the allocation of people. So we're just moving people around, but it's like, what do we need the most in that moment in time? And I don't think oftentimes um, what we need in the moment is not being met. Yeah. What I've noticed. And then another thing at my school is we have a very large migrant population of students and so a lot of them would prefer to test in Spanish but we only have one Spanish teacher and Maribel the Spanish teacher um works as the Spanish teacher and the Spanish translator 
Yeah. So she's trying to be around the building teaching, but also helping teachers translate documents or translate conversations with parents, emails with parents, um, you know, testing accommodations for students. And so she's like running rampant while still trying to teach her classes. Yeah, it's it's insane. And then with like state testing that needs to be done and having somebody there to like read off, like with the iReady that my students take, um, their like problems aren't going to be the same as everyone else's. And right. so reading those and then even if they are taking all the same test, like students test at different speeds. And so you might have to slow down to make sure that you're not having to repeat it multiple times or like what, what if a student's like fast and like it just, it also isn't the best because with testing anxiety and like what if a student wants to test alone but they need a reader but you have to also read for five other kids and you want to just do it like all at the same time and scheduling that and making sure it's equitable and works for everyone is just really challenging especially post-covid and I don't even know how they would have done it with like online learning like well for a a while I think state testing was moved so like we usually test in spring but this year had to test in fall because Mm -hmm. we didn't test at all last year yeah. And I don't really – I don't know if anyone in the state tested last year because I don't think this like, school district had to report scores because of COVID. And I don't understand how we're asking these kids, even in the fall, to complete a test when they haven't dealt with in-person schooling in a while. Um, yeah. Like, my seventh graders, they're like, we haven't done any of this since we were in fifth grade and we weren't learning that. And they're expected to know all these things. And they're like – the past like year and a half of school like they don't really remember yeah and then for my high school students they're being told like you pass this test or you don't graduate and it's like adding that extra layer of anxiety to an already anxious situation um testing is like not an accurate way to test someone's knowledge it's not an equitable way I should say to test someone's knowledge of content because everyone tests differently and just because one person may like demonstrate their knowledge well on a test doesn't mean the next student is and so there's no way that all of these state testing and school district tests are like meeting the standards can accurately display whether or not students are meeting these standards yeah and then with like SAT and ACT um I don't like I don't think they keep into account but like where you are like And then if your school has access to certain textbooks and, like, what your teachers are teaching you, like, some schools have nicer textbooks that have better information and better ways of teaching in compared to what other schools have. And then, like, comparing those scores, like, that you got compared to a school that has the resources to get these nicer textbooks to get all these things so that their students are learning what they need to and, like, having the resources and access to these. Like, how is – it's just I'm glad you brought up the SAT, the SAT and the ACT because I always think about the college admissions scandal and how all of these rich people were able to just pay yeah. for their child's test scores to all of a sudden go up 
or for someone to go take the test for them when that is not equitable for all students and all students should be able to, you know, have the opportunity to go to college. And um, the SAT and the ACT are like a bridge to get to go to college. And it stands in a lot of students way. I was talking to a couple of my seniors and the school provided like no information about the SAT and all of the SAT dates have passed before like applications for the for next school year are due. Like they can't take the SAT until after applications are due so they can't report their scores on time. Yeah. And that's like throwing a wrench on a lot of students plans. Like a lot of my students don't have the family support to know that they needed to schedule to take the SAT. And until I was there to, like, answer their questions, they didn't know about scheduling or taking the ACT or the SC- SAT or ACT, geez. <laughs> <laughs> and it's really frustrating because, like, my school already struggles with students wanting to graduate. And we do have students who want to graduate and want to go to college, but we're not really doing anything to help them or, like, giving them the resources to help. Yeah, and then the testing dates don't align, or, like, I had to take, because I took my ACT and SAT, I took them both twice to guarantee, like, I had good scores, even though they weren't good scores, because I test awful, but, like, I had to, like, drive pretty far to go take them, because none of the dates worked with my work schedule and with school, and, like, I don't think they take into account those things, and I don't know if you can take it online, you you can't now. I don't. Th- it yeah. has to be proctored in person, and I. It's really frustrating because I'm also just not a good test taker, and I was told like forever that the only way I was going to get into a good college was if I got a good score on the SAT, and that was just like not feasible for me. So I figured I could never get accepted to a college when that's just not the case. They just want you to take it for some reason, which brings me to another point. Um, speaking of SAT scores and not being equitable in order to get into the college of education at WSU you have had to have met a certain score on the SAT you took four years beforehand in the math portion and for me I did not get a high enough score and had to pay and had to pay for an extra college class in order to meet that requirement in which I wasn't told was supposed to be a requirement. I'm applying to be a social studies major in the secondary ed program. Why would I need a high math SAT score? And it just, like, why was that score following me for the past four years? My advisor told me, she's like, oh, because I'm really bad at math. And so when I took my Alex, nobody told me that was a placement test. I They were just like, oh, take this. And I was yeah. like, okay, fun. So I didn't try and I scored really low and she's like, oh, if you take this math class and then this math class and then when you're applying to the College of Education, like it won't matter, everything will be good. And so I was like, perfect. I get into the College of Education, everything's great. And then they say, oh, actually, before you start your block one, you have to do the West B. You don't have to do good on it. You just have to attempt it. And like that's great and all, like, I don't have to do good, I just have to attempt it, but, like, just attempting it gave me so much stress, anxiety, and, like, I cried almost all the way home because I didn't do good, and I also got a ticket, um, so that was really rude. There's just so many aspects 
of the educational experience that are inequitable to so many different kinds of students. And I mean, for me, I've witnessed so much inequitability, like in the classroom, in school districts, even in college where I'm literally paying for this education and somehow it's still not even close to meeting my needs or like students' needs. Mm -hmm. It's just insane. And it's a broken system that no one person is going to be able to change. And I hope that the group, like our cohort of people are able to form more equitable classrooms because I do think that like the conversation about equity is changing. Um, So it is on like the forefront of our minds. And I've noticed that a lot of our conversations um, revolve around how we, if, like how we want to have an equitable classroom. Yeah, I definitely agree. Um, so kind of shifting, how can we provide equitable teaching and support? Um, I think we both discussed our concerns and like how we've struggled and how we've seen our own students struggle. Um, I think obviously providing the support that the students need is first and foremost, um, a big thing that I've seen personally is teachers not following IEPs and 504s. Yeah. Which I will never comprehend why someone wouldn't follow that. One, you legally have to. And two, why wouldn't you want your student to be successful in your classroom? Right. It makes you look bad. Like, your student isn't succeeding because you aren't following these guidelines that are set for you. It's like a step by step of, oh, if you do this, they are going to they are more likely to be successful in this. Why wouldn't you follow them? Like especially with stu- like ELL students, like following the guidelines and doing everything you can to help them be successful, like giving a test in their native language, if that's going to help them be successful, why wouldn't you do that? Yeah, I truly have never understood why it's, like, newly groundbreaking to provide, mis- like, source material and assignments in your student's native language. Like, there's so many online programs that make it so easy to translate a document from English to Spanish or any other native language, you know? And then just, just doing that allows your students to feel more comfortable completing assignments. Like, I just, I don't know why people can't comprehend teachers like, just making these little changes are going to make such a big difference in your student's exactly. education. And, like, catering to all abilities and disabilities, why wouldn't you make these accommodations and modifications that would help your student? And if those aren't working, schedule a meeting. Schedule an ELL meeting, an IEP or a 504 meeting. Schedule a meeting with... Um, administration, special education teachers, general education teachers, and the adult in your student's life to figure out like, hey, what can we do to make Bob be successful in the classroom? Because why wouldn't you want it? It just makes you look bad that you're not trying. I just, ugh. Um, and then where and how can we start? Um, like we both have said, acknowledging that some students need more yeah. and different support and that all students are unique. Um, 
And with that, we're ensuring that they have access to quality education that they need. Um, And being able to provide the support and the resources that they may need as well. Um, I like to, like, every time I'm online or, like, on Instagram or something, I see all of these um, websites or Instagram accounts um, that give resources to students about or to just people in general about all kinds of things and being able to give students like an example and like a resource that they can use to get help with something or you know find help um can be really important as well yeah and like even it remind like with testing um I think I You and I both agree that testing, it doesn't show student progress or comprehension the way we want it to because with the thought that all students are learning differently and different learning styles, will all students also show what they're learning and their comprehension in different ways? So then forcing students to do a test that only is like multiple choice or long answer or that, like that's only working for one type of student and it's just not equitable like we need to have different types of assessments because like we've talked about in Dustin's class like assessments are needed in a sense to show the progress right it's just we don't I don't think we need to have those assessments that get they they stress students out for a reason right there's a reason for it and not put that pressure that tests put on students to Like, if you don't get this score, you're not going to move on to the next grade. Or if you don't get this score, you're not going to get into this college. Because it doesn't always show, like, comprehension. But, yeah, do you have any last thoughts? I don't think so. I feel like we really covered all the areas I wanted to cover today. All right. Well, thank you for listening to our podcast. And I hope you have a great day. And you continue to have an equitable classroom. Thank you. Bye.